Uh, welcome to the Last Drinks podcast. I'm Lichens. I am doing this on my own as my co-host Mitch is uh, currently wandering the planet. But I do have another co-host. It's this pimple right here uh, is, <laughs> is uh, joining me this evening. Uh, today, we've got a young, vibrant uh, woman from Chicago, the Windy City. So she's definitely going to blow you away. Uh, welcome, Julia <laughs> Reyes, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Yes, I'm Julia. Um, I have a sobriety TikTok. Um, me and Will met on Instagram. And I'm just excited to talk all things sober living. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking I was mentioning that like, I let, I've been to Chicago I think it was 2015, so it was a while ago. Um, I spent, I spent, I think I spent over a week there. Like I was, I think it was a week in uh, Wrigleyville. So I was down, the, mm -hmm. I was down the, I was down the road from um, their Wrigley Field. So, and I believe the Cubs had a home game there for like the entire week. So the entire week was just like sort of. So were you there during our summer? Uh, this was, I was probably the end of, I think that might've been the end of summer. Cause I, I traveled North America for like four months. So I got over Gotcha. probably sort of, I think maybe it was the start of August. Um, yeah, but it was a big sort of piss up or just drinking journey, so to speak <laughs> throughout America and then Canada. Um, yeah. So, but I did like Chicago. I thought Chicago was great. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun here. Um, there's always a lot going on. And um, since I actually like made the decision to stop drinking, you kind of see how heavy the alcohol culture is here mm -hmm. and how you can't really escape it. But, you know, I try my best to talk about like how to still have a social life in the city and hang out with young people and, you know, maintain that part of your life. But it is tricky because it's like it surrounds you here. Yeah. So we may as well go, we'll start off with sort of, we'll go back to Julia before. Um, what was Julia like? And when did Julia sort of discover sort of alcohol and sort of the journey with that? Okay, cool. So I like to just start at the very beginning when I first started drinking um that was back in high school i was probably like 14 or 15 somewhere within that area um that's pretty common for my hometown um everyone kind of started not everyone but i would say it was like pretty normal to start around that age um but i will say that i did drink in high school it just didn't completely take over my social life that didn't really happen until college. Um, I went away to college um, to the state of Indiana, which is just right next door from Illinois. And that's really when pretty much any social gathering that I was going to had alcohol, like it was present. Um, and I was also in a Greek house, which just enforced <laughs> and encouraged. Um, the alcohol intake um but still i was keeping it on the weekends i was still you know a committed student and my grades you know i cared a lot about that so i was you know 
partying pretty much just as much as everyone around me. Um, but if we fast forward then to me graduating college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life yet. Um, I felt pretty lost at this time in my life. And I, but I knew I didn't want to live at home. So I had to pay my bills. And um, I ended up working just like full time in the service industry. I was a waitress. And I would say this is probably when my drinking was at its worst. Um, I was drinking not every day, but probably almost every day. It was very, I was just in a routine where I was working. I would get off work. I'd want to hang out with my coworkers. You know, we just had a shitty day, a hard day. And we know the bartender at the bar down the street. We're probably not going to pay for drinks. Like, let's all go do this. And I was just you know, I didn't have to be at work the next day until 5 p.m. So just stuck in that cycle for a long time. Um, that lasted like two years. And at that point, I really wanted to get out of the service industry. Um, I don't know if there was like a particular reason why, but I just wanted to sort of kickstart my career. I apologize. My cat <laughs> is like, really wanting attention that. right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, it's funny, the, the two years, like leading up to my decision of wanting to go alcohol free actually weren't like the worst two years when it comes to my drinking. Um, I, I chilled out a lot. But the thing that I was noticing is, um, even though I was only drinking maybe like once a week, like I would choose either a Friday or a Saturday night the night of drinking had the power to affect my following like two to three days. Like my mood was just not where I wanted it to be. And I already like naturally suffer from like depression and, you know, I have to, now I know I just, I wasn't doing myself any favors. Um, but that took a really long time to connect those dots that my drinking, because I didn't do it that often was even affecting me that badly. Um, but yeah, I am now 10 months alcohol free as of yesterday. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am now. <laughs> Congratulations. It's an awesome effort. Thank you. To, um, so I guess, yeah, like, was there to sort of, when did it sort of become the decision just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. Or was it just, I'm going to quit for a week. I'm going to quit for a month. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a break. What sort of was the, I guess, transition to where we are now being alcohol free? Yeah, I would say like the initial plan was I was going to take a 30 day break. I thought that was going to fix my problems. <laughs> um, so I, it must have been in the middle of September of 2021 when I was like initially, I was like sober curious basically at this point. Um, so I told myself I was going to take a 30 day break and that at that point I had a vacation plan for like the middle of October. So I was like, I'm going to drink on this trip. Um, and you know, hopefully I feel better about my relationship with alcohol. Um, I did go on that trip. I did drink, um, nothing like super crazy happened at that time, but I came back home and, you know, I was back at work and I was you know right back where I started of my mood is just 
so low and I, I can't believe I did this to myself again. Um, that's like what I was thinking at the time. Um, so then I didn't drink again for two weeks. Um, there was one more slip up that I had. I drank on Halloween of, um, 2021 and again, nothing super serious happened, but on October 31st was a Sunday when I woke up on that Sunday, it was like, I had some sort of like epiphany where I was realizing, yeah, like this sober thing is going to have to be my life now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to be hard and uncomfortable. And obviously I've never done, I've never done this before. I've, you know, been consistently drinking since I started when I was 14. Um, but I just knew that there was no other option. Um, so that, you know, that's my sobriety date is October 31st. So. Oh, good. Yeah, Halloween. That's how that so went easy, down. Easy to remember Halloween. So that's a, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you didn't like, cause you sort of talk about your mood and sort of how you're feeling even with, cause I, I know that the, with people with drinking, they can have always comparisons. I mean, like some of the stuff that I went through that people were like, Oh, well, I didn't do what you, you know, like it, it hasn't got that bad, but like, if you sort of deep down know, just like, I don't think this is, this is working for me. That's sort of probably what you have to sort of, I guess, address and sort of yeah, come to, you know, Oh yeah, well maybe you might have to consider another option. Like it doesn't need to get really bad. Like you can sort of put a, you know, put a stop on it. Um, if you're capable of doing it. So how did you find sort of, I guess, it's usually the, usually the first sort of period, I guess that first 30 days, how was that experience for you to, if you've been consistently sort of drinking since you were sort of 14 or 15, um, what was that like the first 30 days? Yeah. So, um, the first 30 days was definitely like I was going through a pink cloud phase. I don't know if you're familiar with that phrase but uh, like <laughs> oh okay yeah so the pink cloud is basically like this um burst of like happiness um some people even say it's like a euphoric feeling um where you're new to sobriety and you see you're just like discovering all of the positive effects that sobriety has on you um so you're kind of like on this pink cloud um, it fades as time goes on. And I found that, you know, some people experience the pink cloud for a month, for three months, for six months, some don't at all. Um, it just depends, but that is definitely what happened to me, um, during that first 30 days. I was very, um, now I, you know, I socialize, I go out, I'm, I'm a person that's able to like go to, you know, bars and restaurants and be around drinking. Um, but that first 30 days, I, I was not doing any of that. I was, you know, at home, I was meditating, I was journaling, I was doing a lot of yoga, I was um, self reflecting pretty much that whole 30 days. And it's funny, because when I drank on that vacation, and when I came back, I, you know, I recognized that my mood wasn't where I wanted it to be, but I also was, I just kept thinking like, I miss that girl that I was for 30 days. Like I miss her so bad and I would do anything to feel like 
that again. Um, you know, granted, I had another slip up after that, but <laughs> for the most part, I just, I was really realizing that um, I didn't have to keep repeating the same bad habits that I had always repeated in the past. Um, it was, it was really like the first time I was discovering like, oh, I can, I can change this. Like it's, it's in my power to make this change. And it's, it's made such a huge difference on my life. So a lot of just like self-discovery, I would mm -hmm. say happened in that first, first 30 days. Yeah. Which sounds like would be a good sort of usually, yeah, like a good sort of motivation to keep going would be sort of when you said it's even like doing i remember when i was sort of went on this sort of late weight loss journey like i used to be like 100 and oh well i'm going to use the i'm going to be using kilos and i think 120 <laughs> kilos i forget is like i'm not sure what that is in pounds but basically i lost went from 120 to 93 i think so that was like 27 so i know that 20 is about 45 pounds i think and yeah, like once you start seeing those results, it motivates you to keep going. It's like, oh, well, this is working. So we'll just keep going. Um, and I think I think some of the stuff, like I'll, we'll get to see your TikTok in a moment, but you've talked about sort of, I guess, yeah, going back, I guess after those 30 days when you went back, you sort of go back into sort of socializing and how you sort of navigated doing that um, sober and what was your experience with that? Was it uncomfortable or was it just... Were you sort of diving straight in? How did it sort of go for you? <laughs> yeah, I would say like the first um, few months, like especially I, I started my TikTok pretty early in my sobriety journey, but I didn't share that information with like my peers and my friends and family until I hit my three month mark. So really the only person that like knew that this was going on was my mom and then my boyfriend who I live with, um, I was keep, I mean, like my friends like knew I was taking a break. I don't think they were realizing how, how serious I was about it. And, you know, maybe it's cause I didn't know if I was being serious about it either. Um, I hadn't, you know, quite figured that out yet. So in the beginning, I feel like I was a making it seem like it was a break. Um, and I was, you know, saying a lot of excuses. I was saying I'd CrossFit in the morning or, you know, this or that reason is why I'm not drinking. Um, but once I sort of like came out on my personal Instagram, um, at that three month mark, and I really shared, you know, with the people that I, you know, see in my day-to-day -day life, um, like, yeah, this is, this is for real happening. I'm not going to be drinking going forward. Um, not saying that's going to last forever, but I know that this is what I want to do, you know, right now. And I don't have, you know, as long as this is working for me, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep with it. Um, and that's when I found that actually going out and doing things got easier, weirdly, because I, I just feel like we were all like on the same page. Whereas before, you know, not saying that my friends are like, these bad influences they're not but you know th they were used to julia the partier you know i i showed them that for you know over a decade so of course they were thinking like you know this is probably a temporary thing you know we miss partying with her whatever um but 
once I, you know, shared that information and it, it, it weirdly gave me more confidence to kind of like get back out into a social scene because I felt like my sobriety was actually in a really like concrete place where I knew I wasn't going to budge. And my confidence was, I mean, my confidence has grown so much since I stopped drinking. And so that just makes these social interactions a lot easier. And then plus, as of the past couple of months, I've actually been, you know, making a point to make friends that are also sober, Mm -hmm. um, that are in like the Chicago sober community. And that just, you know, is the best because like we are obviously all on the same page there. So it's scary at first, but, you know, it's only scary until it's not. And Mm -hmm. then it kind of becomes like second nature. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've, I mean, Mitch and I used to talk about the importance of your environment with sort of when you are sort of making the, if you're making the transition to sort of stop drinking or, and yeah, just having the right people around you. Um, definitely. So yeah, if you've got people around you who don't sort of support what you're doing or think, oh, come on, Julia, have enough, just, just ease up, have one, you know, it's fine. You're not, you don't have a problem, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you can, you can be, you can find yourself in a bit of strife. So, um, and that's cool to hear, like you've got sort of sober communities even in in your city as well. Um, I guess for me, I mean, living in Australia, like there's, it's a heavy drinking culture here. And I kind of just had to sort of bite the bullet and just sort of say, well, I'm just going to go out and sort of assume that everybody drinks, but I've kind of found communities where there's people drink, but it's not like, the heart like it's like not the main sort of priority of these people like we got sort of like exercise and breath work and connection and that sort of thing is more sort of prevalent as opposed to sort of yeah let's go hit the pub and um get lit uh (laughs) um so i guess we can get to yeah you're like your tiktoks i guess what prompted sort of promoting your story sort of on tiktok um i'm quite i'm I'm quite new to tiktok i guess i'm quite an old man i'm i'm trying to figure it out myself and not sure how it works but um yeah so we could go into yeah how how promoting sobriety on tiktok's going yeah so i'm you know just like a person that needs connection and you know i've i've always had like a big group of girlfriends like growing up that i'm still friends with so i just you know, I, I like to talk basically. And um, when I was first going through this, you know, transition from, you know, being an every weekend drinker to not drinking at all, um, I really wanted to talk to other people about that. Um, because like one of the worst feelings is like, when you feel like you're doing this like completely on your own, and no one else in your immediate circle can relate to what you're saying. Um, and not saying that they don't want to be supportive. It's just they're they're not on the same journey that you're on. So it's hard for them to relate. That's just the way the human experience works. Um, so I think it was when I was just about like a month in when I, you know, after Halloween, I was like, I want you know, I want to talk to people about this. So that's when I started my profile. 
um, it was, you know, winter time last year and I loved it. I loved like, and it was also a nice way to hold myself accountable. And I'm all about like journaling and documenting. And I was like, I really want to, you know, see my progress with this. And I feel like, you know, the videos is a good way to do that. Um, but if we fast forward now to June of, you know, this summer, I had a video that kind of like exploded. Um, and it's so funny. Like, I feel like, you know, we all want to go viral hypothetically, um, because, you know, you want, we get on these profiles to, you know, get views and have interactions with people and, you know, have engagement. Um, but you know, the reason why that video blew up so much is because I pissed a lot of people off um, <laughs> and they were ready to, they were ready to tell me why. Um, and that was very overwhelming. But at the end of the day, my message got to so many people than it, want, than it once was before. And um, I think, I think when that video like blew up, I was at maybe like 3000 followers and I gained 15,000 followers like in two days or something two or three days wow. or something like that yeah it was insane <laughs> yeah we got into um, sort of what the video was that went viral if you want to sort of tap into that yeah or... yeah so it was like I was um I believe they call it stitching where I was basically reacting to another video so the the first half of the video is this woman saying um what's a scam that's become so normalized that we don't even consider it a scam anymore. And then it switches to me and I'm like, alcohol. <laughs> and I like go into the reasons why, um, you know, at least with my lived experience, um, socializing and alcohol are like one in the same. And it's such a bummer because, you know, what happens when alcohol actually really negatively affects you um even as a drinker that can drink in moderation i mean there's been plenty of times where i did i did not drink in moderation so mm -hmm. that wasn't you know an all the time thing but even when i did i still felt the negative effects like i i knew i was off i knew i wasn't my normal self and um yeah basically people were interpreting that as me saying like alcohol should be illegal. We should go back to prohibition. Like, and that's not at all what I was trying to say. I was just trying to say that, um, just like, it's very normal to see alcohol present at any social gathering that you're at. I want it to be just as normal when you hear someone say, yeah, no, I don't, I don't drink. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's happening right now is the, the immediate response is typically confusion they're you know they're asking why you know it's like this outlandish thing which is crazy because you know studies are coming out now that there's you know no matter how much or how little you're having it's still bad for us mm -hmm. but you know for some reason us sober folks are like the crazy ones so yeah, yeah the crazy <laughs> ones for actually wanting to sit down and deal with everything that's going on with inside us instead of just masking it and suppressing it which yeah like i did for a long time and yeah like especially like the internet and online like people are very quick to react just emotionally and without any sort of um logical sort of like well yeah you know 
what is this actually sort of about? And yeah, I think a lot of people, it seems like they've made assumptions. And would you say that a lot of people are projecting onto you sort of, I guess, their own sort of, I guess, issues and insecurities. It's like, don't, don't you take alcohol away from me? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the thing that, you know, I, I don't know for sure. I, I'm not living in these people's brains, but what I know is um, when I was drinking all the time, when I was working in the service industry, I actually lived above the bar that I worked at. I was around, I was, it was right there. Um, it was a constant. Um, and I would hear someone is taking a break from alcohol. I made fun of them. I gave mm. them a hard time, you know, like that, it, me defending alcohol was something that I did myself. So when I see others doing that, yeah, it does make me think like, hmm, you know, maybe that's something that they should be exploring on their own time. It's their, you know, it's their own experience that they need to look into. Um, I, I don't know. I can't know for sure if that's the case, but it's, it definitely, it rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. And I can relate to, yeah. Um, when, yeah, when I was, when I was a drinker and then, yeah, people would say they weren't drinking, like, yeah, you'd sort of poke fun at them. It's like, oh, come on, don't be this, that, and the other. And I eventually stopped doing that once I sort of was in sort of the depth of sort of alcohol addiction and sort of like, well, I don't really want to encourage other people to sort of go down this route. Cause yeah, like I was suffering in a sense. So it's, yeah, definitely. Um, certainly. Yeah. Everyone needs to make up their own mind with the re relationship with alcohol. Like, I guess with not everybody's going to end up the way that I did. I mean, it doesn't sound like you got anywhere near where I went. I took it as I took it way too far, but um, I think, I guess where I, where I'm at and probably where you sound like you're at, like, we can be better people and there's more strength in being able to just say, I'm not drinking. I don't need a drink. I'm fine without it. In fact, I'm better without it. And not only I'm better for myself, I'm better for those around me. And I guess I'm going to get back to, cause like your core friend group that you had and when you were um, saying I'm taking a break, I guess for the time being from drinking, did you, how did your friends sort of, um, were they supportive? And then, as that went along, did it, did that, did that affect their relationship with alcohol? Cause they've seen, Oh, Julia's fucking killing it. This, this no alcohol thing must be, must be something, must, must be something happening there. Um, yeah. Um, I, I would say that my, it, my friends were just shocked at first and, and I, I don't fault them for that at all. It did kind of like come out of left field because, um, you know, I, I was being successful with my job. I was working out all the time. I was going to therapy, you know, from the outside looking in, they were just like, why on earth would you make such a decision? That just seems, um, they saw it as like them seeing something really a radical decision that I'm making. Um, so it took them time to accept what the reality was now going forward. And change is hard. I mean, humans, they can say they like change all they want, but they don't. <laughs> and um, I realized that I just had to give them um, grace and space during that, you know, transition period. And um, then, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, for everyone that's listening, my, my cat just keeps getting into the frame. Um, 
once they once they got past that like acceptance period it is like completely normal now like we will go out i will join them at the bars and it's just like it's not even a question like julia just she just doesn't drink like it is what it is um so i would say that yes my friends are completely supportive it just took time mm -hmm. so i hope that um that can help some people because I, I do get a lot of comments of like, you know, my friends are giving me a really hard time. And, you know, my immediate thought then is like, okay, well, how long have you given them? Because, you know, I showed my friends for, I don't know how many years, but it was over a decade. I showed my friends over a decade that, you know, this is something that I like to do. This is the thing that we do together and, you know, whatever. Um, so for me to switch up on them like that, I, I don't blame them for needing like a little bit of buffer to, to fully process like what was happening. Hmm. And at least, yeah, that you're able to sort of find the strength within yourself to just, yeah, push through and keep going. Because, yeah, there'd probably be people who would be like, "Oh, well, I'd like to quit, but everyone else around me isn't isn't interested in quitting drinking." So then I kind of feel obligated to keep going, or to just because, yeah, it's just that peer pressure thing. It's just being that inclusive sort of, "Oh, well, if everyone else is doing it, I kind of feel uncomfortable not doing it." And it's just, I guess, finding the strength within yourself to just say, no, I'm not going to do it. That's that's setting boundaries and just saying, and being firm with it. I guess, like, we'll go back to yeah, TikTok because it seems, I mean, I've looked at sort of some of the, um, yeah, I guess there's like sobriety hashtags. There's pl plenty of them on there. And I mean, is there like a big, have you found like a big sort of sober community online with through your TikToks and whatnot? Yeah, I would say that um, the community that I found online is honestly, I, I don't think I would be where I am today in my sobriety if it wasn't for the people that I've met online. Um, I have like, you know, a couple people in mind that it's just like, I, I don't know if I could have done it without them. Um, I did start going to, I've never done um, AA, but I was going to Zoom meetings on Tuesday nights that my friend Steph hosts. And those were just like, you know, it, it was just so nice to vent to people um, that were living the same experience that I was living and was early in sobriety like I was and was in their 20s because, you know, I feel like that is kind of strange is <laughs> like, I made mm. this decision when I was, when I was 26. Um, I live in a big city. Um, like I said before, you know, all my friends around me are, are doing the damn thing every single weekend. So yeah, I, I don't think I would be where I am today without them. And kind of going back to like that one video that went viral, it was like, although people were confusing what my target audience is because my, I'm not trying, I'm not ever talking to the people that want to keep drinking that that's not who mm -hmm. I'm talking to. My content is I'm talking to the people that do want to choose sobriety. They've already chosen that. I don't need to convince them that. And even if I try to, we both know you can't, mm -hmm. the person needs to decide that for themselves. Yeah. Um, so that that's, and what's like warms my heart is when you know there will be my followers then talking to each other in the comments of like you know congrats day 30 day 40 day 50 you know whatever it may be um because 
there's strength in numbers. That's just a proven fact. Um, and, you know, it's sad for me to think back of like, I, you know, I thought I was going to have to do this all on my own and that couldn't have been, you know, farther from the truth. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, there's just plenty of people out there just, you got to sort of go looking for it. And then, yeah, like I used to go to AA meetings back in the day, I guess when I went left, when I, I wound up in rehab and then sort of went afterwards and then it sort of served its purpose. And then I sort of moved on from that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like the common themes is just sort of yeah finding sort of community of people who are supportive and sort of, yeah, wanting to make a change in, uh, what I sort of see, I mean, for me, it was improving. It was giving myself a life to live, to quit drinking because <laughs> I didn't have much of a life when I was drinking. Um, so what keeps you in check to keep you sober these days? What sort of things do you occupy with yourself? Um, that sort of keeps you on the straight and narrow and stay, staying away from old habits. Yeah, that's funny. I literally just made a video yesterday about this. Um, I just have so much, can I swear? I yeah. don't know if I've already asked you that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have we swear so much a lot shit going we, on. <laughs> we swear a lot in Australia. I've been trying to uh, steer away from the Australian slang because just to not to sort of, uh, just you'd be like, what the hell is it? What the hell is he talking about there? Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like I just, I have so much going on. Um, when I stopped drinking, I realized that I had a lot of free time. Um, and then also since I stopped drinking, my creativity just like went on overdrive. So I, you know, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was in the springtime. I like launched my Etsy business. So I like, you know, I have that creative outlet. I've always been a very like artistic person. Like I like painting and working on procreate and stuff like that. Um, but I never really did anything about it. Um, so I have my Etsy business and then um, I, you know, try to be as consistent as possible when it comes to the TikTok. Um, I also have a podcast um, with another um, sober content creator. Um, his name is Blazik, but he's known as Sober Guy Journal on TikTok. So we have that. And um, I just have a lot of friends that are in the, specifically in the Chicago sober community that like host events. And I just, you know, I do my best to show up and to be supportive. And um, I promote, you know, these events on my social media profiles. Um, and then all in addition to that, I'm, I'm very committed when it comes to my fitness. I work out, you know, five to six days out of the week. And then I also have a full-time job. So <laughs> um, a lot of moving parts, but I found that that's probably, you know, if it's got to be up there of like one of the biggest ways that I stay sober is I don't really give myself time to think about not being sober. Like I can't imagine now like wasting an, an entire Sunday to nursing myself back to health. Like I just don't, I already have Sunday full of things that I need to do and people I need to see and places I need to go to. So yeah, I've just like kind of given myself no other choice. <laughs> yeah. And I guess some people listening will probably think, oh, wow, that's a lot of things to sort of preoccupy yourself. And would you say, I guess, how would you sort of say to those people, oh, that's, that's too much stuff. Like that's, you know, I can't sort of 
because I mean that was the sort of thing for me I remember when I stopped drinking was just like oh yeah I do have a lot of time and then yeah it's just sort of yeah well finding stuff that you actually and also sort of finding stuff that you enjoy doing as well is important yeah I would say that like you know I didn't really start all of these projects until like springtime of this year so you know there was probably a good like maybe three or four months where I was just um reading and giving myself time to relax um I was really trying to make myself not feel guilty about saying no to people I was like trying to get in the habit because I'm a people pleaser and I was like really trying to get in the habit of like if I'm gonna do this sobriety thing I need to start learning how to say no um so I would just say like you know you have time like for the all the projects that you want to do you can do that later I would say in the beginning it's really important just to focus on like if your one goal is to not drink let's just let's just worry about that one goal um maybe pick up one hobby um like I said like I was reading a lot in the beginning um which I never considered myself a reader like I don't think I read a full book in high school or college um so maybe find one thing that you can pick up that um you just have like you just straight up enjoy um but I would just say you know don't feel as though you need to pick up all of these projects right away and you know I mean I'm going to be honest like I do feel like I do have a little bit of like a um perfectionism problem where I'm like expecting perfection out of myself every day um like I'm trying to get better every day and I'm you know I'm okay I cut out alcohol then I cut out nicotine and I need to cut out all these things <laughs> um but I would just say like you know setting small goals of like if you're just trying to not drink for this 30 days like just you know just focus on that for now yeah. Yeah, I mean, what I sort of say, if someone has like, oh, I'd like to quit drinking for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days a year. And I was like, that's a great, that's like, to me, that's like, a, I'd put that as a big goal. And I'd just say, just quit, don't have a drink today. And then just mm -hmm. repeat that small goal sort of as you go along. Um, and yeah, and then also being kind to yourself, you know, if you slip up and just because it happens and, you know, there's no reason to sort of, oh, I slipped up today, it's all over, I'm just going to go back to old habits. Like you can, if you never stop trying, you know, you can keep, you know, failure, I guess, like, it's not even really a failure. It's just like, oh, yeah, we well, just slip up and then you just, you know, you can, you can keep, you can try again tomorrow sort of thing. What does sobriety mean to you in your life today? I would say that, um, sobriety is you know right now in my life it's kind of everything to me because i was completely reintroduced to myself and i had no idea that that was about to happen i i knew i was going to feel better you know i knew i wasn't going to be hung over every sunday um i had a feeling that my mood was going to improve but i had no clue that i was going to completely be reintroduced to myself and i was going to discover that the person that I've always wanted to be, I could be that. I, I was really the only person standing in my way. Um, and I truthfully believe that I, if I kept drinking, even though it was just once a week, um, I wouldn't have ever experienced what I, what I have now. 
Um, so I'm very grateful for, for my sobriety. And I, you know, that's why I take it so seriously. And that's why I like talking about it all the time, because it really, it turned my life around and it made me fall in love with life again. <laughs> like it reminds me of like being a kid a little bit of just like little things. I find so much enjoyment. Whereas, you know, I feel like before I was kind of just living in survival mode. Whereas actually like, no, I'm like, I'm experiencing life now. So it, it means the world to me. Mm -hmm. That's a great, that was a great, um, it's a great bunch of wise words. You've just left, <laughs> left us here with that. That was awesome. Um, I guess before, we, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, um, uh, well, you actually left a comment the other day on one of our videos where, well, it was the one, I mean, that was, this is actually the one that got the most views for me on TikTok was my sort of escapades when I was in Europe and I had a one night stand and um, shit the bed. Um, and you, your, part, your sort of response under it was really great. So I'm going to turn the tables onto you and ask you, do you have an embarrassing, funny story to, to share when you were on uh, drinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably have dozens, but I have one that's like, you know, screaming at me is I, you know, let's take it back again to high school. I must have been around 16 at this time. And during like my junior and senior year of college, or sorry, of high school, I was basically like living at my best friend's house. We had sleepovers all the time. I was spending, you know, majority of my time at her house, not my house. Um, and I just remember there was this short season of, of high school where I started hanging out with not the best crowd. And I don't really know how that even happened, but, um, the one girl who I, I think that her mom like worked nights or something like that. And so the house was just full of kids. <laughs> it was constantly full of kids and we kind of got to do whatever we wanted. Um, so my plan for the night was I was going to, you know, drink and party with this group of people that I don't typically hang out with. Um, and then I could just walk to my best friend's house and you know crash there and everything would be good what actually ended up happening was um I do remember it was the plan for me to drink like share a fifth of Smirnoff with this other girl um we were gonna split it and um you know I'm a pretty small person now but me at 16 I probably what was like 90 pounds sorry I don't know the, the um <laughs> The, the translation with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the conversion. Um, but you know, I was little. And so in addition to that, um, I I believe I drank the majority of this bottle. And I must have known that I was about to get sick because my best friend told me um that she <laughs> I don't know why she was outside, but she was like, Julia, you weren't running to my house, you were sprinting you were sprinting to my house and I was like yeah I mean I must have known like something bad's about to happen so we get in the house um our two guy friends were actually like at the party that I was just at I think that they kind of followed me because they knew something was about to go down um and from my understanding I spent you know the the rest of the night with my head in the toilet you know 
my friends are just holding my hair back. I'm getting sick. I don't remember really any of this. Um, but we'll fast forward to about three in the morning. I wake up, I'm sitting up, thank God, because my friends, you know, they knew I shouldn't be laying down, you know, in case I throw up and mm -hmm. choke myself. I have puke in my hair. I have puke on my shirt. I'm, you know, I'm a mess. And I walk downstairs and, you know, my best friend is still up and like our homies are all there and they're like up watching TV and they're like, oh my God, you're alive, basically. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, like, tell me what happened. They tell me what I just told you. But they also told me, this is like the part that I was not only puking, but I was also, I was foaming at the mouth. Um, there was white foam coming out of my mouth and they were like, Julia, you drink yourself to the point of having alcohol poisoning. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking awful. So the funny part is I got a new nickname. My friends called me Foam Master for like years. <laughs> I did not live that down for me probably talking about it now. They're going to bring it back. They're going to start calling me Foam Master again. Um, but yeah, just like the not funny part is like, well, A, I almost you know, I could have seriously injured myself. People die from alcohol poisoning. The second thing is like, why did I put my best friend in that situation to begin with? Like that was so selfish of me. Mm -hmm. um, and God forbid something did happen. You know, she would have that as like a burden on her for like the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we were, she's younger than me, you know, maybe maybe they should have called, you know, somebody to help, but, you know, we were scared. We didn't want to get in trouble. And I just can't believe that I like, you know, put these people that like, I love in such an awful situation. And, um, I didn't learn my lesson. I kept drinking through high school, through college, mm. after college. Um, it took me a really long time to get it. Thank God I actually did <laughs> finally get it. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one that always I keep in the back of my mind. Yeah. And I think you've had, it sounds like you've had some time to reflect on it and yeah. And I mean, your friends have a good sense of humor about it by giving you, a, I guess, a funny nickname towards, I mean, that's mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us deal with sort of perhaps difficult situations as well. We'll make a joke about it and try and make it funny, but, um, <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, good to yeah it's also good to be in a place where it's like oh i get it now and i can sort of i don't have to go back on that hamster wheel and sort of try try it out again um so thank you julia for joining me uh this thank afternoon you. over there it's the morning here um i guess before we wrap up uh feel free to plug all your things if you want to plug your social media plug all the other stuff that you've got it'll be all linked in sort of all the I guess. Episodes yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram. I'm that one sober friend. So that's that the number one sober friend. Um, I have link trees on both my TikTok and my Instagram. So if you did want to check out the Etsy business, it's right there. Um, but yeah, talk to me on TikTok. I respond to almost every comment. So um, please reach out if you want to. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you, Will, for that's having me. Not a problem. Thank you for joining me. Um, this has been the Last Drinks Podcast. I'm Will Hitchens, and we'll see you in the next one.